Good morning, my name is Jay Rosenthal, the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome back to Cannabis Daily for Friday, January 21st. If you like what you see, you can check out the rest of our channel and our full archive on the Business of Cannabis YouTube page right here, so please do subscribe. For those of you new to Business of Cannabis, since 2017, we've highlighted the company's brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and that's what we look to do here every day. Following the rundown of the key stories today, we'll get into our BFC Live segment. This time, it's a podcast only, where we'll be joined by Ed Kramer. He's the Chief Financial Officer of Jushi Holdings. We'd love to hear from you in the comments, and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all of our social channels on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Before we get going, we encourage you to check out two upcoming events. First, our retail series next Wednesday, which will be our retail series. It's presented by Leafly and Vitrina Group. We're looking at inventory planning for 2022 and our Business of Cannabis event in Miami. Uh, that is April 6th. We'll talk about cannabis retail tech design and data description in the information below. Now, for today's story, surprise, Biden hasn't kept most of his campaign cannabis promises. MedMen co-founder shares his story and Hexo is tightening their purse strings. Yesterday marked the one-year anniversary of President Joe Biden's term in office, and so far he's not made good on the majority of cannabis campaign promises, this according to Marijuana Moment and nearly everybody else. In the last year, Biden has not federally decriminalized cannabis, freed thousands still serving sentences in federal prisons for nonviolent cannabis convictions, or rescheduled cannabis, but he has done the following, allowed states to implement regionally appropriate reform, signed an infrastructure bill designed to in part to promote cannabis research. Now, from Normal's Morgan Fox on this topic, the inaction on modest campaign policy reforms over the past year is inexcusable and is a betrayal of the people that put the president in office. Once, so for our next story, once one of the best known cannabis retailers moving into the cannabis space, MedMen has lost 95% of its market cap since going public in 2018. This with uh, information from Insider. In his first interview since being forced out in 2020, Adam Bierman suggested, uh, shared what lessons he learned the hard way uh, and what he wants to share with fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, one, the failed $680 million acquisition of Pharmacan can be attributed to not leaving enough time to jump through the federal government's strict antitrust hoops and an anti-cannabis attorney general at the DOJ. Uh, and despite being cleared, a series of lawsuits for investors and former execs left lasting damage to the company's reputation and spending millions on a Spike Jones-directed ad for the Super Bowl that never actually aired. He did have a juicy quote in there. He said, I can't go back and say I wish I had done this, said Behrman, who is now part owner of Coastal. Whoever I was on that day, that was the person who both effed up and, uh, what they effed up and accomplished what they accomplished. Well said. Finally, after making three major acquisitions and ousting its founder, Ottawa-based Hexo has big plans to cut costs and raise $175 million to pay off its acquisition of ReadyCan. The plan includes reduced expenses by 30% by the end of the fiscal year of 2023, cancel consulting contracts, moving to a new technology platform, right-sizing their workforce, optimizing assets, and divesting assets such as the 25%, it's, it's 25 of its Belleville, Ontario facility. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with the Cannabis Daily Newsletter from Business of Cannabis. Now, coming up on our BFC Live podcast conversation, we connect with Ed Kramer of Jushi Holdings, a multi-state operator with footprints in Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, California, Ohio, and 
my home state of Massachusetts. We connected with Kramer adjacent to our Business of Cannabis New York event in December of 2021 to talk about Jushi's approach to expansion, especially further into the Northeast, including New York. Here is this conversation with Ed Kramer. Ed, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I could, or you would come, uh, because we're in New York now, and it's good to see people in real life. Uh, we've been lacking that in Canada a lot. <laughs> we've still we're not really in lockdown anymore, but it's uh, much more lockdownish than certainly New York is right now. Um, first, you are from Massachusetts. I am. I am. <laughs> I like that. We're from neighboring towns. We probably grew up five miles from each other. I did. I grew up in Framingham, and I think you were from Natick. So I am. We, we are literally rivals in sports, rivals in everything. <laughs> I was just saying My that. first girlfriend was from Natick. Oh, really? Do I know her? <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, we were back for Thanksgiving. I was with my daughter. Uh, we were in Boston, uh, Natick, and I had to get COVID tested. We correct. But And the, the CVS was in uh, Framingham, and uh, we were talking before given. Some parts of Framingham look exactly the same as 30, 40 years ago. It's like that movie, The Blast from the Past, that's exactly the same. Yeah. You just turn around, step back, and it hasn't changed a bit. You can go home again. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> or I don't go, want to. I don't want to either. But it was nice to like be there and drive my parents out into the northern part of Framingham to get the I, test. I, and, uh, I've been gone for 20-plus years, but I tell you what, no matter where I've been, I'm still a diehard all-Boston sports fan. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where I live. I lived in California for... You know, 18 years. They don't care. I hate LA Lakers. I hated the Dodgers. Still I the shirt. Oh, I still had all my Red Sox stuff and all my Celtics and all my Pats. And uh, no matter where, it's that's it. It's a religion. Well, this is not what we want to talk about. But, but. but the Pats were obviously in Buffalo on Monday night. Yeah, so they were. And the weather was awful in Toronto, awful in Buffalo down the street. And like they ran, they threw the ball three times. It's like, that's not the Pats I know and love, but that's the Pats I love when they win. It's the hoodie. You never bet against the hoodie. <laughs> I want him to like coach other stuff, like business or like right, like right. right, like the lineup at the airport. Like you feel like everything would be just more really on top of it and uh, aggressively you, organized. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> we're gonna get him into cannabis. Uh, we're gonna send him to D.C. Actually, that would be good. He'll get he'll get the legislature. He'll get the Congress organized. There we go. We need that. We need that since Congress can't get out of their own way. So. They cannot, and we're gonna talk about that in a bit. But there's been lots of talk. Uh, about where MSOs are preparing to build, right? There's there's uh, people I don't know picking states out of, not out of out of thin air, but like making aggressive plays in different states to expand uh, their scale, expand their operations. Um, what is Jushi's view on expansion, especially further into the Northeast, as we're sitting in New York, uh, recording this right now? Well, it's a great question, uh, Jay. Look, I mean, a lot of companies have done you know they've done a number of things, and they've all kind of either. Went national, carved down their own niche in di different areas. Obviously, you know, California is doing its own thing, Colorado, and they're, they're different markets and different markets than the ones we chose to play in. Um, we wanted to go to regions that are, you know, probably to some extent have less illicit activity, clearly, and on a path to get to where I think cannabis has to go. So we kind of started, we planted our roots in Pennsylvania. It's our, certainly our largest, um, our largest uh, uh, area at this point, um, you know, followed by Illinois. And we're kind of looking at that footprint that, that spans, you know, has that geographic region. I think if I look at sort of where we've been and where we are, I mean, in Virginia, we, we, we got HSA2, health, health area two, right, which is 
I would venture to say is probably, you know, there's five areas that were broken up in Virginia. It's clearly the, to us, and hopefully to most people, it is the most desirable one to have. We're on the border of D.C. or Arlington. You know, you got two and a half million people mm-hmm. out there. Lowest average median age population, you know, highest per capita, densely populated. High tech. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better area. And, you know, look, in that area we believe is going to go, you know, wreck probably sometime early in, in, in 23. Um, we operate a 93,000 square foot facility that's vertically integrated uh, in Manassas, and we're in the process of expanding that uh, through a phased approach. We're going to get to close to 2,000 square feet of grow and process by 23, right when we kind of think this thing goes uh, wreck. So uh, we're opening our second location in Sterling, plan on three more, um, 22, 23, large standalone locations, a lot of parking, ample POS systems, and attract that, that customer. And as I mentioned, in Pennsylvania, we currently operate 16 dispensaries. Um, it's clearly our biggest state. Um, we just announced plans actually this morning for our 17th to open next week. Excited about that. Uh, we plan on opening our 18th probably by the end of the year, which uh, will put us in there as the largest retail footprint in the state. So uh, we, we, from, from there, you know, we have a grow processor in Scranton, and uh, we plan on expanding that 81,000 square foot facility to go north of 200,000 as well uh, to, in, in two phases, and we're going to be complete, substantially complete by the end of 22. So outside of that, you know, within the Northeast and other markets that we're kind of looking at, you know, there's we're, we're, we did an acquisition in Massachusetts, Nature's Remedy, that you might be aware of, um, which is which was a, which is a huge win for us. Um, we're looking at expanding in Nevada. We're in a process we've announced in the process of closing closing two deals in Nevada, um, where it obviously is rec legal. Um, I'll say yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there and knocked over it. It's well, I was there the for MJ Biscom. Yeah. That's when I first started. Yeah. That was my free. I got announced and I flew out there and I got, got the whole wind of what it's like to be in Vegas in a, in a marijuana uh, convention environment. So It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> and look, we're going to be a vertically op- uh, integrated operator there as well um, and continue to grow. We're going to continue to grow in Illinois and in Ohio where we, Illinois, we actually have retail and we're going to continue to expand in Ohio through various applications and, and, and some additional M&A for cultivation and processing operations where it's going to make sense. So uh, we're also obviously looking at adjacencies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as, as laws kind of expand, we're going to look to Maryland, um, New Jersey, and we'll see where New York fits in. But that's probably a little bit further away. Yeah. That's a good footprint. It's a great footprint. <laughs> it's we juicy. like it. It's <laughs> juicy. It's juicy. It is juicy. And I want to, I want to sort of dive in because you mentioned um, uh, uh, states coming online, both I think likely because of the promise and of what's ahead, the not as entrenched illicit or, or not as entrenched large large uh, uh, legacy market, um, and and is it that those states that are coming online later, they're not cutting and pasting regulatory sort of, but but it's closer to that than sort of a free for all, right? They are they are looking at states that came before them, making improvements on those regulations, saying you know what they did these things in these four states we're gonna that's right and, and, and look and we're at the forefront with our with our. Uh, folks that we have, we actually, in Virginia, we've been helping to write laws yeah. and just help to make sure that this business is looking at the right way to do cannabis, right? And gets that illicit crap out of me. I was just down the corner here in New York and there's a, there's a dispenser over there that, 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 and I walked in there just to see what it's yeah. like. And they're talking about Delta eight, and, you know, Delta eight is a terrifying thing to me, right? Yes. That is a, you know, uh, that is the stuff we want to write out of the laws, yes. not in the laws, right? So there's a reason for why companies like us exist. And there's a, you know, we're certainly not the only one. There's a number of MSOs, but we're all in it together to make sure that this is a legitimate market and has legitimate medicinal use and recreational use. 
in a safe manner, yeah. like most adults do with alcohol. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and that's from a regulatory perspective, like states learning from states and actually cities and municipalities learning from others as well. But is it also like internal learning from your business, from the business perspective? Like every every place you open is easier to open than the one before. Every manufacturing facility. Of course, and you know you, you you get the benefit of scale, and you get the benefit of know-how, um, and some of the acquisitions that we make. I mean, there's talent acquisitions within them, so we, right. we make a footprint. Like in California, it's not necessarily that we want to be in California tomorrow, but we do look at that as a very high talent market. So yeah. we do want to have a small footprint. We have a couple of dispensaries yeah. there. It's something that we'll look at down the line, but that is not the focus today right. for Juju. Right. And it is, it is, and I wonder, we had a couple of conversations uh, going on before this, like it's so maybe early days. I don't know what the right, I don't, I don't know, I, we talk about hockey in, this, in Canada, right? Like what period are we in? It's a little easier, it's like three periods. We could talk baseball, hockey, like pick an analogy, but like. Well, this is why I joined. I mean, Jay, honestly, I looked at, I've been looking at the cannabis industry for probably three to five years before this. And it was a bit bridge too far for me. I'll be honest with you, I have four kids. They were very young at the time. Wasn't quite there yet. You know, obviously, we're all consumers in college. Uh, UMass. Right, right. <laughs> now, now you kind of get to your professional world, and you're thinking, okay, can I really do from what I've done and jump at the cannabis? And then the last couple of years particularly, you've seen this sort of just hockey stick effect, right? you got north of 36 states medicinal. you got 19 states at a wreck. Most of them all coming on in the last 24 months. Right. And so the train has left the station. To your point, though, where are we in that cycle? I firmly still believe we're in the first inning, yeah. right? And it, but it's going to go fast, yeah. right? And it's the train is left, and I think it's just a matter of time before we get to fifty state and federal legal and the whole bit. We can't control that. Right. We can play in it, do the best we can to build a professional organization, and we'll see where Congress takes us. Yeah. But we do believe the light is there, and we will get there. Yeah, I, I believe that too, and I think that's. It's just how long it how long that arc takes to get there. Is, is part of the question. And, and, and actually, that's one of the things I want to ask. You know, there was lots of conversation certainly over the past couple of weeks about safe banking, yeah. right? And possible federal legalization and other possible federal measures. Like, what is the impact on you, well, of the conversation, for one, but like, what would that mean for you if safe banking was implemented as a company? Or is it, you know, you can't control that, therefore you're not even trying to control it, you're just going to operate as and sort of take what comes. No, you know, look, it's, it certainly was disappointing to see that SAFE didn't make it into the Defense Act. Yeah. You know, we wish it would have, but in some ways it's a blessing. I kind of do think it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, lawmakers will now will take some time to build this foundation for a broader bill, yeah. introduce it next year. Um, it could include social justice provisions, capital market access, 280E reform, all those things that I think would unlock capital, give us access to capital markets um, beyond where we are today. And one thing that I think people miss in this whole thing is access to sort of providers, right? As a company, it is difficult to operate in a cannabis environment when there's, you know, the tier one providers in respective industries won't quite do business with you yet. You're talking like the, auditors, legal, what have you, right? Exactly. Banks. What with systems, yeah. you name it. Right. Tech. Right. How about just taking credit card transactions? Right. right? I mean, I, I'm dealing in cash. I'm dealing in debit cards. You think about safety. I mean, the Safe Act puts safety into the system right. by getting cash out of the vaults. Right. So there's just a whole bunch of things that I think will make it easier, professionalize, and unlock capital. Yeah. And we look at it as a, as a positive. I think it's, again, a, a matter of time before it happens. Yeah. Um, and we hope legislation really takes it up next year after we get through this. Uh, you know, obviously, nobody can control what happens in the macro world and right. with, you know, with, with you know, Ukraine and Taiwan. Right, and right. All that could derail what we think would happen. But absent things that are outside of 
macroeconomic events, I do think that 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 uh, that Congress will try to get something done before the midterms. That's, that's my hope. I, I, I we were, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's like uh, the world. So people, re real people, are like so far ahead on this issue than people in D.C. thinking about, or even regulators. We well, think about that. Sixty-eight percent. I saw, I wrote, wrote, read yeah. somewhere that sixty-eight percent of the country believes cannabis should be legal. It's right. the most bipartisan issue there is. I mean, people might think about red and blue. This is not red and blue. No. This is bipartisan. Yeah. So it's, at some point, these you know, right, our lawmakers have to listen and, yeah. and kind of take it up. And that's why I think we've seen this hockey, hockey stick effect. And yeah. you see you know, Virginia and these businesses that are basically saying, look, these states have done it this way. We're going to do it, and we're going to get the wreck in a safe manner. And actually, the states you talked about uh, out of, outside of California and Nevada necessarily – but like nobody wanted to be first and aggressive, but nobody wanted wants nobody can afford to be last. It's like that's why you see certainly Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and then Ohio, and then you know Illinois and Michigan. It's like you, you talk to folks in those states, and they're tracking purchases, and I'm sure you're well, seeing I'm this too. small businesses. If we're talking about growing small businesses, right. they will disproportionately be beneficiaries of yes. the Safe Act. I mean, this is a capital-intensive business, right? right? You got to build these growth facilities, retail stores, and these small. People that are trying to get into the market and it's try so to professionalize hard. it can't have the access to capital, yeah. right? So in some ways, it will. It's a rising tide. I believe yeah. this whole thing is yeah. going to be, you know. I think so too. I think it's going to be great. everybody will benefit. I think so too, and I, I think the, the state by state approach is wacky because that's 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 DC's fault. But but the states that are on border, like the border towns of, of states, like we were talking to someone in Michigan, they're seeing one in four, one in five purchases coming from outside the state. Like we have stores in Saget, right, yeah. just on the border, yeah. and they're some of our highest performing stores right. because people are coming from St. Louis. Yeah, and 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 you know, the, the demand is there in a safe way, yeah. and all we're trying to do is professionalize and take the illicit market out. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, and that's a state by state basis, but that also is you know, you know, states, uh, cities, and towns in New York and New Jersey are decided, and Massachusetts too. Uh, we're in, we're out. It's like you can be out now. But you in can't. three, five, ten years, like, you can't turn that tax money away because it's too juicy. Absolutely. So I keep saying juicy, but... <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Look, New Hampshire funds all their schools for liquor sales, yes. right? There's no reason why states can't benefit and improve the school systems through the taxa effective, fair taxation of cannabis, but unlock that, unlock that capital. Yeah, because, because voters and the, the world doesn't care. The only people that care most about this, that, that's, that it's going to be legal, is like elected officials. Like they don't well, like it still amazes me that 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 marijuana is subject to the seventy three act. And yeah. It's a scheduled substance. It yeah. it boggles my mind personally because you look at let's not name companies, but the opioid crisis that happened in this country. You know, I mean, they're all fine with right. what they're doing under the auspice of it's of medicinal. Yet they're addicting yeah. millions of people, and half a million people are dying every year. That's all cool, but we are a scheduled substance as a plant. It boggles the mind. I think that, that that's why I think the train has left. Well, I, I think you could even, uh, and I won't ask you to comment on this, but the same thing for doctors who will who would write those scripts but not write a script for, for cannabis. Yeah, you don't have to say. Anything. I will. I won't <laughs> comment. Don't have to say <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but it's come up. I mean, it's come, it comes up all the time. It's it's resistance from doctors because it doesn't have you know the, the necessarily the sort of uh, triple blind studies. But but it is this you know. Yeah, but, right? I won't even say what you just did, but yes, uh, <laughs> true enough, true enough. So, so I want you to sort of look ahead, if you will, like the road ahead. You talked about first inning, but talk sort of three, five, ten years. Like, what are the key opportunities that lie ahead for, for you and the company 
and maybe for the industry overall, if that's easier to speak to. You know, three to five, ten years is an eternity in the cannabis <laughs> okay. industry. So I, I might, I can make if, it. I, if I might, I might focus on the next 12 to 24 <laughs> months as a lot of yeah. sight because I would be guessing anything beyond right. that. Right, right. Uh, but, but look, for us, um, we want to significantly expand and optimize our grower processor assets. Like I said, in Pennsylvania, Virginia, Massachusetts, Nevada. Uh, transition kind of from a highly concentrated retail-centric business mm -hmm. to one that's a little bit more balanced mm -hmm. in the wholesale mm -hmm. world. Um, we want to continue the opportunities on the M&A front. If there's accretive assets yeah. um, that, that we can pick up, we will do so. We believe we have the best team in the business that started this company and how they look at you know, multiples and even done multiples paid on, on, on acquisitions. And we've demonstrated that through the things that we've done so far. We're going to continue to take that patient approach as opposed to a shotgun approach to acquire just about anything. We, we don't need to do that. The shotgun approaches are so fun to watch, though. Yeah, but we don't need to do that. You know, I want to make sure we have appropriate shareholder returns. Right. And we're doing it through our organic growth and complement in the states that we need to through, right. through the right M&A activity. Right, right, right. Um, we want to see the significant expansion of sort of revenue and margins, and that will come with what we're doing. Clearly. And then look, Safe Banking Plus. Um, I, I, I do think that if I look at that, you know, that that's the most likely path to uh, federal cannabis reform in the next 12 to 24 months. And then I think that that then you and I can circle back yeah. and see how we look at the future. But let me go toward the old we got to get too. through that. And, and at that point, I do think the hockey stick becomes even more of a, yeah, of a more, hockey. Sort of, more, more hockey. Yeah. Right. And it'll be a high class problem for everybody. But that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. No, it's really been good to sit down and connect, uh, not only because, you know, talked about the old neighborhoods, um, but also I think the, 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 the footprint that you guys have and are growing, the states that you're operating in and are thinking about are where the industry is going to see its, its biggest growth in the next three, five, ten years, but also 12, 24 months, right? That's where all the really interesting things are happening. It's also where the influence in D.C. is most easily felt because, well, there's more legislators from those air neighborhoods, but they're also right there. And I think the more people see that the sky doesn't it's fall. It's legal in their backyard. Right. And it, like, so. <laughs> and it becomes, and I dare I say, like, it's exciting to us to talk about, but like on this, on the sort of brick and mortar level, it becomes just part of the no normal fabric. And it's like, that's the right. sky doesn't fall. And if the sky doesn't fall, that's generally just like, there's nothing to be afraid of. And if anything, it's a net positive. I would imagine where your, you know, retail footprint is like, it's a net positive to where you're operating, like more foot traffic, better customers, higher it's Phenomenal to the community, yeah. frankly. I mean, we're creating jobs, right. creating legitimate jobs, yeah. providing tax revenue, and you know, providing a product for customers that want it in a safe manner. They don't have to worry about what's in it. They right. don't, I mean, it's, right. it's, you're trying to make this thing safer because the customer does want it, right? And kind of go back to the liquor industry all the way in right. its early days right. from Prohibition. Right. I mean, there were people making alcohol in bathtubs and right. probably creating things that one shouldn't consume. Right. It got regulated. It got, you know, there's a legal age for it. There's testing for it. Yeah. And people love it. That's the other thing. Not that that should be the only guide of like people want and like cannabis a lot and I think we ought to embrace that. Okay, I've never been a huge consumer of it. Um, Even uh, at Framingham per North? Pers personally, well, in college, right? <laughs> but, I've, but I've never been a huge consumer of it. But I will say though that if I just think about it of what cannabis is in in relation to alcohol as an example, yeah. I've never seen personally anybody beat their spouse, drive a car into yeah. a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's a safer way of relaxation in yeah. my opinion than alcohol. Yeah. And let's, no hangover. Right, let's yeah. not make The next a, day is a lot better too. Correct. Yeah. There's no sort of physical effects from it either or addictive properties. Well, I really appreciate your taking time. And, Thank you. Uh, it's been nice a pleasure. To, nice to meet you in person. Uh, I 
can't, can't wait to get back to meeting people in person. It sounds like a weird thing to say, but I'm excited about it. It's, it's been a year since I've been in the city, so it's kind of <laughs> nice to get back to New York. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we gave you an excuse to do it. Thanks for making time. We'll see you down you the bet. road. Thank you, Jay. You got it. That was episode 14 of Cannabis Daily. Thank you for joining us here today on YouTube. We will see you on Monday. Have a good and safe weekend. Thank <laughs> you.